0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Insider Series for Networking podcast. This is Jessica Tolbert, your host, kicking off our second episode of 2023 to discuss the newest innovations for the Catalyst 9000 campus core. Today we have a panel of experts, Iqbal Syed, Neckman Verma, and Nanad DeWalker. Can you all introduce yourselves and give us a fun fact?
1: Absolutely. Hello all. Uh, I'm Iqbal Sayed. I'm a senior manager of product management for Catalyst 9000 series of products, specifically leading the core portfolio. I've been in Cisco for 18 plus years and in this period I've worked on a variety of different products including Nexus 7000 and Cisco 8000 which is SP router. And now I'm part of the enterprise campus team leading the Cat 9k series of switches. Fun fact about me, um, I love to travel, and I'm fascinated by travel because I learn about new cultures, meet new people, and make new friends. In the past 18 years or so, I've traveled um, across all continents except for Antarctica, and that's actually next on my list.
0: (laughs) Awesome.
2: Thank you, Iqbal. So I'll go next. Uh, I'm Nikman. Um, I'm the product manager for Catalyst 9500 series of switches. I've been in Cisco for uh, slightly more than seven years. Uh, before this, I was into a pre-sales role where I was designing customer networks. And then I evolved into a product manager where I'm getting to manage the entire life cycle of a product. Fun fact about me, well, my name is uh, Unique, so it's a Hindi name. Uh, Nick means good and man means mind. So it's it's really easy to interpret and All my
3: customers think I am what my name is. Thank you. That's great. Yes, um, I'm Nanad Devaka. I'm a technical marketing engineer. Uh, I primarily look at the core Catalyst 9000 portfolio, namely the 9500 series and the 9600 series. Uh, I've been with Cisco for 12 years now, and I started off with with TAC, and then I moved to Escalation before I moved to TME. Uh, Mostly... Um, almost entirety of it has been on on the Catalyst uh, portfolios. A l- pinch of nexus here and there. Uh, one day, it's, I was working with TAC, like I said before, and then I moved to Escalation. And one one day, I just woke up and I decided, hey, you know what, I don't want to be reactive anymore. I want to move to a proactive role. And, and that's how I ended up in TME. Yeah.
0: Great. All right. So we'll start with you, Iqbal. Um, what are some of the major digital trends which are shaping the future of our IT campus businesses?
1: So, okay, sure. I, I think there are a couple of major trends which are changing the way how our customers are running their businesses. The first and the foremost is the transition to hybrid work. The hybrid work model, which we saw started before the pandemic, it only actually acceler- accelerated during the pandemic. It is basically enabling people to work from home, work from office and or work from anywhere. This has resulted in tremendous rise in video as well as cloud traffic over our networks. It has also shifted the patterns of traffic a bit as well. The second trend um, is what I call Industry 4.0 or what we call Industry 4.0. There is a new wave of digitalization in which wireless networking with the rise of uh, devices such as uh, technologies such as Wi-Fi 6C, et cetera, and IoT devices with trends such as smart buildings, contact, Contact tracing, density tracking, et cetera, which adds lots of sensors to our networks. Together, wireless and IoT will actually transform how we operate our businesses by digitalizing the OT side of the business, which, uh, you know, much like uh, what cloud did to the IT side of the business, right? Uh, it's a good thing, but um, This also results in ever-increasing rise in new type of security threats with variety of devices now connecting into our networks, especially with that IoT phenomenon which I talked about. So, and the third major trend is hybrid cloud. Hybrid cloud is not new to us. We have seen the rise in hybrid cloud even before we had the pandemic. And during the pandemic in the last few years, the cloud has become even more prevalent. Your app could now be in the cloud, could be in the colo, or could be on-prem. Similarly, users could be in office or working from home or working from anywhere. The expectation from our network is to connect to everyone to everyone and everyone to everywhere. So those are are three major trends, I think uh, are changing the way our customers are running their businesses.
0: So let's kind of like maybe elaborate a little bit more. So how are these trends that you just talked about creating new requirements for campus networks? and specifically in campus core networks?
1: Sure, so, so I talked about uh, the hybrid work, how hybrid work is actually having an impact on video and cloud traffic in our network, right? Office workers are now using much more bandwidth than they used to before Now, to in order to collaborate um, taking meetings over video calls and things like that. From a requirement perspective, what that doing is basically, um, this means that campus network you know, is actually now needing to have higher density, higher buffers, higher scales, and higher speeds, right? Campus networks are growing at a pace which we never, never saw before. If you zoom in now, if you take that phenomenon, and if you zoom in now onto the network layers themselves, um, you'll see that this is driving a huge transition in the access layer from 1 gig to M gig, which in turn mean higher speeds uh, up in for towards core, forcing core now, to go from 10 gig to 25 gig to 100 gig, and now to 400 gig as well, right? Now, going on to the second trend, which I mentioned about about the industry 4.0, uh, the BYOD trend, the Bring Your Own Device trend, the addition of uh, diverse endpoints, the IoT endpoints, which we talked about, this creates increased security risk in the network. Um, now, this combined with Wi-Fi 6E again is driving higher number of MGG interfaces in the access layer and need for higher density and higher speed uplinks in the core. And obviously the ever increasing uh, demand and requirement for security is always there because of these IoT devices. Okay, and then finally the hybrid cloud trend, which I mentioned, right? So connecting everyone to everything and everywhere seamlessly is an expectation from the network. Uh, now the increased usage of cloud applications and data storage is making it less and less efficient to require all branch traffic to trombone and pass through a central headquarters just to ensure security now so these are sort of you know how these trends are shaping new requirements now on to the second part of your question which is basically what's happening in the core network specifically right so in the core networks we see that 25 gig and 100 gig are still predominant speeds for our customers in core uh with the cat 9000 family we are actually following these trends, which I talked about very, very closely. And, you know, and as such, we are constantly uh, driving innovations in our products, right? If I were to touch upon a few of these innovations, the first one, and the first and the foremost actually is the silicon one, all right? So silicon one, I'm sure our customers have heard about silicon one, but silicon one is basically, a has been around for some time. Many Cisco business units have been actually building products Cisco 8000, for example, is a very successful product which is built on Silicon One. On the core side, the 9500X and the 9600X portfolio are the first set of campus switches to actually make that transition to Silicon One. Right now, thanks to Silicon One, the 9500X and the 9600X switches bring advantages of both routing and switching together in a unified architecture, driving unprecedented performance, power efficiency, and addressing that higher buffer, higher scale, and higher density requirements, which I mentioned about previously.
3: So Iqbal, you bring up a very important point, and I I just want to chime in over here to give my two cents on this. Because on the surface, the requirements for a routing product and the requirements for a switching product look very similar. We both need to push a lot of data, and we both need to have support for a wide variety of features and scales. But the focus areas are different. Uh, For example, if you take a look at the switching side, we need mostly L2 with a little bit of L3 thrown in, whereas on the routing side, we need mostly L3 with a little bit of L2 thrown in. Uh, Similarly, when you look at the Actual so buffering requirements on the switching side, we want to ensure that the packet is sent out as quickly as possible, and we want to ensure that massive amounts of traffic are sent out in very with the, with the least amount of latency. Whereas on the routing side, uh, you're not so much worried about the latency that you would introduce onto the packets. You just want to ensure that the packets go out no matter what. So the unique value proposition that Cisco Silicon One is bringing to the table over here is that it's flexible enough to not only be used for the routing platforms, but it's also flexible enough to be used in the switching platforms. So when we use it on our switching platforms, we get all the benefits of both the routing world as well as the switching world. And this is a first for our campus core architectures.
1: Yeah. Uh, No, thanks, Nina. That's a great point. Now, let me continue on with my answer uh, to your question, the second part of your question, which basically is what are we specifically doing in the core, right? So, um, you know, I talked about and expanded on the silicon one, right? And now let me talk about our latest innovation, which is our newest campus core switch, which we launched just last month in Cisco Live. This is the 9500 60L4D platform, which packs in 60 ports. So it's a very compact 1RE box with 10, 25, 50 gig. 60 ports of 10, 25, and 50 gig, and 400 gig uplinks in just one RU form factor, right? This is a Silicon One base box, and it offers our customers the best of our innovations, basically. And the big innovations here, if I were to touch upon at least one or two of them, the big innovations here are the introduction of IPsec for enhanced end-to-end security, and the introduction of 50 gig on the 9500 platform for the first time. So 50 gig, uh, is still a small in the industry, but it comes with many advantages. Um, Nickman, why don't you? Uh, you've been working on this platform for some time, um, the 60L 4D platform, I mean. Why don't you share a bit about advantages of 50 gig uh, with our audience here?
2: Sure, Iqbal. Uh, so you just mentioned about some of the market trends, and one of the market trends is the need for increased bandwidth. And uh, with the new switch 9500X 60L4D, we are also introducing support for 50 gig. So with 50 gig, the bandwidth can get doubled. So uh, compared to the 10/25 gig switches, um, and and the beauty of 50 gig is that uh, the customers can increase or double their bandwidth, and they do not even need to change the underlying infrastructure. So the 50 gig has the same form factor as the 10 or the 25 gig. Uh, Also, we have dual-rate optics uh, with the 50 gig. So what the customers can do is today, they can run their network at 25 gig. And whenever they want to upgrade their network, all they need to do is simply switch the speed to 50 gig. So this really provides the flexibility that the customer needs and uh, the future proofing uh, that our customers require. So, um, 50 gig is is really a game changer as far as uh, I'm concerned uh, in the Campus Core Network. Over to you, Jessica.
0: All right. Um, So this question is for you, Neckman. Um, Can you tell us a bit about this new platform and how this new offering will help Cisco's customers as they are building or expanding their networks?
2: Sure, Jessica. So, we have been shipping our Catalyst high-performance switches uh, which were based on the UADP ASIC. And uh, now we have introduced the Silicon One ASIC and we've heard all the all the benefits associated with Silicon One ASIC such as high bandwidth, high port density, high buffer, and high scale. So, the first switch uh, to go out uh, from Catalyst 9000 with the Silicon One was the uh, Catalyst 9500X28C8D. It had 28 ports of 100 gig and eight ports of 400 gig. So it was a QSFP based switch. What was missing in the portfolio was an SFP based switch uh, with silicon one and with the 60L40, we are filling that gap. So 60L40, as Iqbal mentioned, uh, it packs 60 ports of 50 gig, which can also do 25 gig and 10 gig in one rack unit form factor. And that is industry first, um, if we disregard the breakouts. So this is really very high density that the customers, uh, you know, would really enjoy. Um, this switch has a really high throughput. Uh, in fact, compared to the Catalyst 9500 high-performance switches, it has triple the bandwidth. So with this switch, we can have 4.6 Tbps of bandwidth and 8 bpps of forwarding rate. Also, as far as the scale is concerned, um, we have increased the scale 10 times compared to the. Catalyst 9500 uh, high-performance switches. So we can do 2 million routes, and also we can provide 8 GB of ultra-deep buffers. We've already talked about the advantages of uh, 50 gig, and I also want to touch upon uh, uh, flexibility aspect of the switch. So it provides a uh, huge flexibility, uh, even um, as far as the airflow is concerned. So we have options for both back-to-front as well as uh, front-to-back airflow. Now, uh, the trends are changing and security is becoming a major threat uh, uh, today. So, this switch provides the industry leading security features, uh, to name a few uh, LAN sec WAN sec uh, and IPsec. So, Niran, I think it will be good if, if you can go over some of uh, the security
3: aspects of this switch. Absolutely, uh, Man, And I think you touched upon the fact when you were talking about it, right? We are introduced, I mean, MaxSec and MaxSec we have supported in the past with some of our core portfolios. But for the first time in the core, we are adding support for IPsec at a core level. Uh, now, <clears throat> we'll be adding actual, the actual support for IPsec will be coming in at a later Uh, at a later point, at a later image. However, what it does is it helps unlock certain specific use cases that we didn't have support for before with the existing family of switches that we had. Uh, most importantly these uh, use cases are focused around the edge requirement so you can now position your box not only as a core device but you can also position it as an edge device and you can have the IPsec tunnel you can have IPsec tunnels communicating with either a remote site on the other side or uh, a cloud-based uh, infrastructure on the other side back to you Nekman.
2: thank you ninat so yeah i think i covered most of the aspects uh well, with the switch, we are getting the higher scale, higher port density, higher speed, and it is aligning with the market trends that we just talked about. So over to you, Jessica.
0: Yeah, that's great. So, um, you know, with our conversation here, Silicon One has been mentioned a couple of times. Um, Nanad, um, can you explain to us what, you know, what the benefits of Silicon One are?
3: Absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, we need to talk. Before we talk about the ASIC itself, we need to talk about how the ASIC is fabricated. And the ASIC in question over here, the Cisco Silicon One Q200, is fabricated with a sound nanometer die. So essentially, what this means is we're packing a huge number of components in a very small space. So when we look at the power that the consumption of this particular ASIC, and when we look at it at a watt per terabyte value. Uh, the efficiency of this ASIC is much higher compared to our existing UADP-based switches. So for all of our customers who are are looking at sustainability targets, uh, take note of this particular switch, take note of this ASIC, because this is where you need to be. Uh, Next, uh, like we mentioned before, the ASIC itself is flexible enough to be used both as a routing silicon as well as a switching silicon. So, what it means for the core boxes is that we can have extremely high feature scales as well as support for edge-based technologies like IPsec, which are typically seen on the routing platforms, but we're also not not, uh, giving up on the switching side. So, you have the switching requirements such as high support density, high-speed non-blocking links, along with extremely high uh, L2 and L3 scales. Now, when we look at the actual switch itself, uh, like, before, like like Neckman mentioned, we have a total switching capacity of 4.6 terabits per second over 64 ports. That's 64 ports, Like which, like Neckman said, we're not sacrificing the form factor. The form factor is still going to be a 1RU, one, one but we've got 64 ports over there. Again, I want to reiterate this point because it's not been done before in the industry. Uh, finally to close things off right unique to the Cisco silicon one we have a unique hybrid buffering model where we have two buffers instead of a single normal single buffer that we had on the UDP based platforms
2: ninar i think it will be good to you know touch uh, on why actually these two buffer architecture is needed what is the value that it brings to the customer
3: you know, that's an, that's an amazing question, right? Uh, so let's look at the actual buffers themselves, right? When you say we have two buffers, what are those buffers? So the first one is a shallow pool of specialized buffers called SMS. Uh, and this is for quick, low-latency queuing of the packets, and the size is shallow. It's it's 80 MB of buffers. Now the second one is a deep pool of on-demand buffers called the HBM, and we have a total size of eight gigabytes for this. And this is to ensure that burst absorption is taken care of, and we guaranteed queue the packets out of the system. And this. Goes back to the dual, uh, the flexibility of the ASIC where we can not only uh, cater to the switching side, we can also cater to the routing side. And like I mentioned before, we have two unique requirements when it comes to traffic flowing through either a switch or a router. For a switch, you want to ensure that the packets are sent out with the least amount of latency possible, which is where the primary buffering system, the SMS, comes into picture over here. Whereas for the router, you want to ensure that the packets are queued out no matter what, regardless of the latency that is introduced into the packet. And that is where the second buffer or the on-demand buffer, the HBM, 8 gigabytes of HBM buffers come into picture.
1: Hey, If I may add, So I I have one comment to clarify. Um, So when you mentioned 64 ports, basically it's 60 ports of 10, 25, 50, and there are four uplinks of um, up to 400 gig each. Right. So just wanted to clarify that, uh, Ninad. And then I have one more ask for you, right? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we talked about Silicon One and the benefits of Silicon One, but we have a whole portfolio, which is based on the UADP, which is 9500H portfolio. I think it would be good to draw that comparison and contrast between the two and, and and you know when would our customers need what
3: absolutely so uh, uh, the point is our when we talk about the 9500 high performance series switches which were powered by the udp 3.0 ASIC, primarily the switches were positioned as a core device so the requirements that you have of a core device is different from an edge device and what we're doing with the cisco silicon one based 9500 x series of switches is that we are positioning this you can position the box either as a core or as an edge device so the when you position a box as an edge device it brings its own unique challenges typically because your edge device would be communicating with your network devices in the downstream using typically high-speed links. And you'd be talking to the outside network, your WAN networks on the other side, typically using lower-speed links because it is a WAN network. So essentially what you're having is you have a large amount of traffic coming in, and you have a small amount of traffic going out of the network into the WAN. So this brings a challenge into this into the equation where you need that hybrid buffering model that I mentioned in order to cater to this particular use case. Uh, the high performance series is still going to be supported, but like I mentioned before, we are primarily focusing on it as a core platform. So that's not going anywhere. But because we're positioning this box as an edge device, there are certain specific use cases that we need to need to cater to, which is where the unique design considerations come into picture. Yep. Thanks, Anath.
0: So, Nanad, um, can you also talk about how customers can use this new switch to build or expand their core networks?
3: Uh, you know, our philosophy with our entire Cat9K family has always been your network, your way. Now, essentially what this means to the customer is we don't want to shoehorn our boxes into one particular use case and push it onto our customers. We want to provide a multitude of options to the customers where the customer can pick and choose the option that suits them best based upon their unique network requirements. So the same philosophy drives when it comes to the features that we support on our boxes as well. And when it comes to the architectures, we have support for a wide variety of different types of architectures, starting with a traditional L2 and L3 architecture. Now, this could either be a a two-tier architecture where you collapse the core and the distribution into one and you have access at the bottom, or it could be a traditional three-tier architecture with the access, your distribution and the core, and typically your uh, 9500 X-series boxes would be sitting in the core side. But what if you didn't want to use your L2 protocols, but you instead wanted to make use of uh, certain overlay-based technologies like the MPLS, for example? So we have support for MPLS. So if you if you're investing in the 9500 X series of boxes, and if you have an existing MPLS networks, be you'd be perfectly fine to add this box into your existing network and have it running from day one without any issues. Now, similar to the MPLS, what if you wanted to make use of certain fabric-based technologies, which are coming up, which are becoming more popular. We're seeing the the spread in the field increasing over time, right? So we have support to two fabric-based technologies. We have support for EVP and Fabric, which uses BGP to communicate. And we also have support for SD access, which is Cisco's own solution, which uses Lisp to communicate. So, what we're doing is, again, we're giving a multitude of options because there might be customers out there who use traditional to three-tire or two-tire architectures. Or there might be customers out there who use some sort of a overlay-based uh, uh, based solution, either it's an MPLS-based solution or it's going to be a fabric-based solution like EVPN or SD access. And at the end of the day, we want to provide and we want to ensure that all of these customers are catered to, and we don't want them to uh, to feel left out if they were, if they were to purchase the switch because their particular requirements do not fit with what the switch supports. So from day one, uh, as of today, if you were to buy the 9500X series of switches, we will have support for all of these features and all of these network uh, architectures.
0: That's great. And I also think it's great that we have this new switch to address our customers' requirements, which you all talked about. But the question I have for the three of you, is this switch replacing any existing device in the core family, or is it expanding the portfolio?
2: Sure, I can take this question. So we're not replacing any existing switch. So most of the requirements that our customers have, they're uh, fulfilled by our Catalyst 9500 high-performance switches. Uh, But we've also heard about the changing market trends. Uh, So there are certain customers uh, who now require uh, larger port densities, higher scale, uh, higher buffer requirements. So there is where uh, the new switch 60L4D comes into picture. So we're addressing a completely new market here. And uh, not only this, but with the help of the new switch, 60L4D, we can enable certain new rules. So we have new features such as uh, VanMax Sec and IPsec. Uh, and I think Ninad has been working with with a few customers to uh, enable these new rules. So Ninad, can you touch on, uh, you know, how with the help of the 60L4D, we can, you know, realize some new use cases?
3: Absolutely. So. We touched upon this very briefly when we spoke about the WAN MaxSec and the IPsec capability on this box. But something unique that that is applicable to this, the 60L4D switch that we're talking about over here is because we support IPsec, we have a, a new type of network design where you can collapse uh, the the edge and the, uh, the, the core into one box. So traditionally, when we talk about collapse core, we talk about collapsing the distribution and the core. But here we have a situation where we can not only collapse the distribution of the core, but we can, we can also collapse the core and the edge. So you have one device that is acting as a core and the edge, and you don't need an additional router on the top to communicate with the outside networks. And this particular use case is unlocked by the support of IPsec, So essentially your box can act as the source or the destination for an IPsec tunnel. And like I mentioned before, you can have either a site to site with a remote site connected to the other site, or you can have a site to cloud with a network-based appliance or network-based protocol running on the remote side. So this is a unique use case that is being opened, that is being unlocked with this particular new switch over here. Over to you, Iqbal. So if you have anything to add to this, uh, to the new roles that we're talking about over here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks, Ninad and uh, Nekman, I think you guys covered all the important points. I just wanted to add or rather reiterate the fact which you guys already mentioned that with the Cat9K, we have product now, products to meet the demands or, and requirements of all of our customers. Right, They now have more flexibility than before, than they used to before, in choosing the right products for the network. In case of specifically talking about the core network, customers need to run a regular standard type of networks, in which case we have products such as uh, our existing 9500H portfolio to address their needs. And at the same time, for our customers who need relatively higher density, high buffers, and high scale, we have products such as the 9500X, where you have uh, 28C8D, and this new product 60L4D to meet their network demands. So both the existing 9500H and the 9500X portfolio complement each other. They don't really replace one over the other. And and they both offer variety of port density, ranging from 10, 25, 50 gig, all the way to 100 and 400 gig to cover every single scale, buffer, and density use case. So this is what I wanted to add um, to, to you, Ninad Nekman. Thanks. Now, Jessica, over to you.
0: Thanks so much. Iqbal, Nanad, and Nekman for this engaging and informative conversation. And thank you, listeners, for joining. Make sure to check out the links in the description below to learn more. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to stay informed, be sure to follow on your favorite platform for podcasts. Until next time, this is your host, Jessica Tolbert, signing off.